Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 144 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Michael. And I'm Anthony. And we're glad to be back with you. (laughs) Happy to be back with you for another week. One day we're going to get that transition down. Um, Not today, though. (laughs) Not today. That was, it was fine. About as as good as, um, dude, can you believe we've all, we've been doing this for almost 150 episodes. That's amazing. I feel like we should have a beer to celebrate. Oh, wait. That's what we do. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the beer, beer review. There's no, there is no need <laughs> to delay this. It's going to be a fun night. Michael and I have had terrible weeks and we just want to drink beer. That's where we're at tonight. So <laughs> I don't know where else to leave that other than we're just, we just want to drink beer tonight. So that's what we're going to do. Yes. Um, Michael, what beer do you have for tonight? So tonight I have from the Three Taverns Craft Beer Company based in Decatur, Georgia. Uh, Craft Brewery, I'm sorry. Messed it up. Three Taverns Craft Brewery. Still located in Decatur. I have the Rapturous uh, Raspberry Sour Ale. Watch out. The dispensationals are coming with their raptures and stuff. Well, it's okay. I'm not, you know what? Let them come. Um, so the website, threetavernsbrewery.com has a description here. The literal fruit of our sour asylum series, rapturous seduced palates from the first pour, earning it the honor of being our first can sour, a lacto fermented sour ale matured on raspberry puree with a wheat and Pilsner malt base. It refreshes with a tart and alluring fruit forward flavor profile. This is a 5% ABV, and I'm not seeing IBUs anywhere on the can. I actually have another uh, beer in this Rapturous series um, in the you fridge. You know, I'll be honest. That sounds like it is right up your alley. It does. And if this is good, <laughs> you guys may be hearing me crack open a second. It's a different <laughs> flavor. Um, I only got one of each, but um, if this is any good, I might... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I've already got plans for another drink after we're done recording anyway. (laughs) So maybe I should pace myself a little bit. When I say it's been a long week, it has been a long week for us. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Work stuff stuff notwithstanding, um, my son won't stay in his bed. So we get to wrestle a four-year-old each night right now, which is so much fun. Yeah. So anyway, Anthony, what are you drinking? So tonight I have uh, I'm continuing my fall series here. Um, Duclaw Brewing. We've done some Duclaw Brewings before. I think you had the unicorn farts. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like saying unicorn farts. That's just fun. Um, So this is called 31 and it is a pumpkin spice lager. So this is my attempt to be a basic white chick. Um, this is this is as close as I'm ever going to get to anything pumpkin spice for the record. I've never had pumpkin spice lattes or coffee with pumpkin or anything. I don't even really like pumpkin, so I'm not I don't have high hopes for this for the record. Okay. But so I bought I, it because it was uh it was October and it was fall. And it the can is actually really interesting. It just has the big giant 31 on it. Yeah. Um, and so the the Duclaw website says it's scary good. And it's it's based off of Halloween, which is coming up here in just a few weeks. Um, first brewed in 2008, this Halloween one-off took the classic Munich Dunkel and added a seasonal spices to create a new fall favorite. Amber in color, medium-bodied, indulges your senses with its smooth, malty palate, moderate 5.7 ABV, 
and fall spices for a refreshing finish of cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, allspice, and pumpkin. That is like, holy crap. <laughs> All the things right there. You know, there would be people who, because this is, you're doing a Halloween-themed something, have already turned off the podcast. Probably. And the, I, I don't care. I mean, they probably, those are the same people that turn off because we drink beer every week. So <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you can at me. My email address is beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. Send me all your hate mail. <laughs> I don't care. But what I do want to do is drink some beer tonight. So let's crack these open and let's get to drinking. Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. There's literally no smell on this thing. I'm going to pour it out and see if it smells anymore. Mine it's got a just good color, though. Mine just smells like a sour. Which is what it should smell like. It looks like pink lemonade, though. Well, that's cool. Not a huge fan of pink lemonade. Actually, I'm not a huge fan of lemonade in general, but there you go. Oh, that's cool. Maybe so, it was actually the coaster or the light behind it made it look like pink lemonade. It looks more like a regular beer. This thing looks a little, I don't know, it's it's kind of hazy. Now, I must say, that's got an interesting tint to it. It does. So the smell is, it smells like fall just blew up in my nose. Like you walked into a, uh, uh, what's the name of that store? Hobby Lobby? No, like a Home Goods yes. or a TJ Maxx. Not TJ Maxx. It's Home Goods, I think is what it is. Is I hope this is not what uh, like pumpkin spice latte smell like. That's That's really interesting. I don't know if I've ever had a pumpkin spice latte. I like pumpkin, like pumpkin pie and pumpkin bread and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't know if I've ever had a pumpkin spice latte. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin pie. And oh, at Thanksgiving time, uh, they do uh, like pumpkin pie flavored coffee creamer. We've had that before. Yeah, I've never had that. Uh, it's not. It's not terrible. So. Well, let's drink them because I'm I'm really intrigued by this. I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. Uh, I might be sending uh, five beers to my to my favorite basic white chicks, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> bottoms up. Bottoms up. Okay, if this is what pumpkin spice lattes taste like, I understand why I don't like pumpkin spice lattes now. Mm, this is not going to be good. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was pretty negative right there. Uh, uh, I'm I'm going to full on say that this is probably not Duke Law. This is 100% on me. And and I'm willing to accept that. You might like if you like pumpkin spice stuff, I'm gonna venture to say that you might like this. So um, <laughs> um but all right, the best way I can describe this beer, I feel like I'm drinking a tree. <laughs> that's given your description of how it <laughs> smelled, that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah, so like drinking a tree is probably the best description. Um, not You're like a Christmas fiber. tree either. You're getting your fiber right that I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> that was more information about you than I needed to know. Um, I like okay. I've never been a fan of pumpkin spice things, so. Mm -hmm. I threw that out there from the beginning. I did not have high hopes for this. I threw it out there at the beginning. I bought it because I thought it would be fun. Um, it's a lager. It's not an IPA, so it's technically not banned from the the podcast like IPAs are. But I don't know. Like, if this is supposed to be what pumpkin spice tastes like, then I'm really glad I've never had anything pumpkin spice because mm -hmm. this is this is just it's not good to me. The flavor of it is not good. Um, 
again, if you like pumpkin spice, you might like it. I don't, and so I clearly don't like the flavor. The texture is good, though. The consistency of the beer is good. It's on point there. Like, it's a lager. All of that side of it is really good. The only thing I don't like about this is the actual flavor of it. Okay. So, um, I mean, I probably set myself up for this, but it's this is a this is a two and a half Luther beer oh, for wow. me. It's just it's the flavor is just it's not good for me. But I don't like pumpkin spice, so there you go. Take take that with a asterisk beside it. For what it's worth, you might like it. You might give it five Luthers. I don't know. For me, no. It's it's just it's not good. So the way you were talking about it, I thought you were going to go down to like one and a half. <laughs> Like, like that's what I thought you were going to rate that. It, I mean, it's possible, but I, I will at least keep it higher than a like a Kalik or a mm-hmm. Bud Light. But well, I'll, and I'll be one hundred percent honest. I would probably drink Bud Light before I drink one of these. You and you <laughs> did say there were some redeeming qualities, like the texture was good, and yeah. it's obviously a lager and all that stuff. So, yeah, Duclaw knows what they're doing. They have brewed it correctly. It's strictly you, based on the flavor that I don't like it. You you shouldn't have purchased is what you're saying. <laughs> Probably not, yes. Okay. I have well, five more to drink and I'm not very happy about it. I might just pour them out. He's not going to purchase pumpkin spice beer anymore. No, I'm not. So that's the pumpkin spice. I don't like it. How's your uh, dispensational rapturisms going over there? <laughs> Oh gosh! Um, inside jokes for days there. Um, mm-hmm. No, so this is really good. It it tastes very much like um, no crust to me, Ooh. except for it is like a sour version of no crust that doesn't have peanut butter. Okay, it's got it's got like the berry flavor and it's very weedy. It's very bready. Yeah. Um, okay, but it still has that sour finish at the end. Um, and I mean everything about it is is very much on point for a sour. Um, I'm having a really hard time going all the way to five though. Yeah, like like I'll, sours are great. Sours are my, in my wheelhouse. I think I've got like two or three more different kinds in the fridge. Um, I am going to land at four and a half Luthers. Um, the flavor is great. The texture is good. Um, it is exactly, maybe it's the lacto. It was brewed with lacto, a lacto fermented sour ale. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, there's, there's something that just seems a little, I don't want to say off because it's still very good, Mm -hmm. but it's just something that seems just a little like out there. Yeah. If that makes sense that maybe it doesn't fit. Like everything could be better. Like if you took, I mean, maybe that's I don't know. If you took that part out of it, like I think it would be a five Luther beer. As it is, as it is, it's a four and a half, and it's very good. Um, And Decatur is how far away is Decatur? That's pretty close. That's like an hour from you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Decatur's about forty-five minutes away from me. So okay. Um, I can I can make a trip down there for for that. There you go. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Three Taverns Craft Brewery and the Rapturous Raspberry Sour Ale getting four and a half out of five Luthers from me. Well, there you go. There's a couple of beers. The 31 um, claiming to be good. Um, Not so much from my opinion, but uh, again, I don't like pumpkin spice. So two and a half Luthers from the Duclaw there. Uh, For me, four and a half on the Rapturous from michael mm-hmm. i'm glad the cheers was pretty i'm glad yours was really good so i'm in a yeah. i'm in a bit of a good run here you are yeah you are four and a half mine mine have been spotty i've i've been on a downhill slide for a while now since the sour peach so next week you'll be at a one luther beer i don't know i'm gonna go find i was looking today i knew i had one for tonight so i wasn't really like trying uh, but I went and looked today. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find something else good for next week. Um, I'm I may retreat from my fall series <laughs> that I've been diving into for the last two weeks. Pull because, back. 
You don't like fall. Quit. Quit. <laughs> you don't like fall. <laughs> I definitely don't like pumpkin spice and um, I'm ready for Christmas. So maybe that's why I don't like fall because I'm just ready for Christmas. Maybe I'll try to find a Christmas beer. It's probably it may not be time for Christmas. Everything's Oktoberfest right now. Yeah. Ooh. I've seen a couple of Oktoberfest, new new Oktoberfest out there I want to try. Cause I did like some of the Oktoberfest that we did. Gosh. But do that was remember, a long time ago. Do you remember that? The uh, that was the first uh series of beer tastings we did. Yeah, it was. Way yeah, we back did when. like on purpose. <laughs> Way back when because we drove to that little town in in Helen and went to the German beer store yep. and like bought a whole bunch of like legit German Oktoberfest. We did. We definitely did. Oh, that was fun times. Good times had by all, especially <laughs> us. So little memory lane trip there for you. Yep. Um, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to introduce songs. We're not going to do all of songs tonight. Um, we're just gonna, we're going to divide it up. So we're going to do a overview, not an overview. We're going to kind of introduce uh, the data for Psalms. We're going to talk about the advice for reading Psalms tonight. And then next week, we're going to actually walk through the book of Psalms. Um, so that's what you need to be prepared for. Stick around and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. As Anthony alluded to uh, before that break, we are going to divide the book of Psalms into a couple of weeks at least. Um, we're going to feel it out. We're, we're going to feel out how how the how the overview goes next week. This this might turn into a like twelve week series on Psalms. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is every. Um, I feel like I've mentioned it before, but the church we were a part of did a Psalm 119 Sunday PM series. Mm -hmm. And that thing lasted like 18 months. Yeah. But it was also because they didn't have service every single Sunday night. So there was some other like factors into why it took so long. But yeah. at the same time, like that's that's just one book of the Psalm, like yeah. Psalm 119 or one chapter, Psalm 119 took a long time one one of my favorite uh things so the church that i'm involved with i've i've kind of i've been involved with it for a while and we teach so our our church teaches basically verse by verse we teach exegetically through books of the bible mm -hmm. and we decided or the the staff decided uh at this one time that we we're going to walk through the book of ephesians so as we were walking through ephesians you know, we, it's like five or six chapters. They were thinking like one chapter a month. And so they're like, oh, sure, we could do the book of Ephesians in six months. No problem. That seems logical. That seems reasonable. 18 months later. <laughs> yeah. We finished the book of Ephesians and they were like, yeah, we probably should. We probably should have planned that out a little bit better than we did. <laughs> it was fun times. But now it, we're, but we spent two and a half years in, in, in Exodus. So, yeah, but it's so good. Like the exegetical versus the eisegetic, like, or the, I wouldn't topical, this, topical or, you know, the jumping mm -hmm. around, not like, to me, it just gives a, it just paints a much clearer picture of the overall story of scripture. Yes. Because obviously, like, if you're, I'm sure on Sundays when your pastor was preaching from Ephesians, it wasn't just he wasn't just referencing Ephesians. He was pulling verses from all over scripture. Oh yeah. So, you know, your main body text may have been in Ephesians, but they're gonna weave other verses and stuff into the sermon. So it's cool to see how all that is tied together and um gives you a, a much better idea of the overall story of scripture when yeah. it's preached that way. Yep. Versus you walk in and you don't know where you're going to be. <laughs> yeah. 
what's the topic sermon for this week? How to live a better life. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> my <Sorry>. church. <laughs> so, so my church, um, this will probably reveal what church I'm a part of, but we've been going through the Jesus storybook Bible. They've been I mean, using that, that. Awesome. They've been using, they've been using that as the reference point for Sunday mornings. That's amazing. I and love so, that thing. And they've been going pretty much like in order. So, and then obviously it's not like, not every single verse and every single story mm-hmm. in the in the but it, it hits all the main ones and then they kind of yeah. tie it into what the main point of the day and it's that's been really cool because it's a new perspective that i've never yeah you know, never Sally seen Lord jones man that I, I read this jesus storybook bible to my kids a lot of times when they want to hear a bible story or something mm-hmm. like that or if we do nighttime reading yeah uh, i love that thing man i think it's awesome that's great yeah so anyway that we cannot have too many rabbit trails tonight. <laughs> I just no, we realized can't. We, we just had like a ten, a ten minute rabbit trail. So, all right, let's so, talk about Psalms. Yeah. So <laughs> Psalms uh, tonight, we're going to um, do like the first half of our what we've been doing each mm-hmm. week in our book by book uh, walk through the Bible. Um, so we're going to present the orienting data and then the reading advice this week. And then at least next week, possibly longer, we haven't figured that out yet. We will actually walk through the book of Psalms. So yeah. um, let's get into it. So Psalms, as most of you, if not everyone knows, is a group of short poems and songs that serve as a hymn book for the Old Testament Old Testament nation of Israel and specifically um, for Second Temple uh, Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, and historically, the the Book of Psalms covers from about 1,000 to 400 BC. Yes. Um, and when you're reading the Book of Psalms, you'll notice that they fall into um, different kinds or types of psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think, or some people believe there's more. Some people think there's less. For the sake of our discussion, we're gonna. Uh, put the types of psalms into six types mm-hmm. um and we'll walk through those um together here um so the first one is praise psalms of praise mm-hmm. um these are otherwise known as hymns they're songs of pure praise to god um sung uh when our orientation and relationship with god is stable calm untroubled um and then you when you think of psalms of praise you can think of these as uh, general calls to worship. Um, they address God's rule as the creator. They or they exist as an author's personal moments of adoration. So, um, the the praise psalms are typically like not like well, maybe so. Things are going good. I'm yes. going to worship God because things are going good. Exactly. Yeah. When you read these psalms, you're like, man, this is encouraging. This is this is a great thing. Like, mm-hmm. and and a lot of so a lot of the psalms are tied to maybe like a specific historical event. So let's take for example Psalm 91. A lot of people recognize Psalm 91. David repents, created me a clean heart of God. So that that psalm is specifically tied to Nathan confronting david about his sin with bathsheba Mm -hmm. okay so like think think about it like there's an actual event so a lot of times and and this is what's cool about the psalms a lot of times you'll hear a song you're like man i really enjoy that song and then you'll listen to the person who wrote it the artist who wrote the lyrics maybe the melodies and things like that they'll talk about what led them to to write that song Mm -hmm. and then when you hear when you hear the story about it you're like Man, that makes that song even more like like you have a deeper understanding of it. Yeah. Okay. So learning and and one thing we're not going to do is we're not going to take like psalm by psalm and and tie every individual psalm to an actual historical event. Okay. Could we do that? Yes, we probably could, but that would be, I mean, we'd be like a hundred weeks in psalms if we did that. <laughs> so, but just realize that the majority if not all of the Psalms are actually tied to something that happened in the nation of Israel that led to whatever it is, you know, we're Mm going to talk about these different types, but whatever the Psalm is about there, there more than likely is an event or something that happened 
that led somebody to write down this song that they would sing um, about, about whatever it was. And so, yeah, Psalms of Praise, that's a, that, that kind of introduces everything. And then the next one that we have is Songs of Lament. And so Psalms of Lament are prayers that are given to God in times of pain. And, and we've done the study of Lamentations. We've talked about Psalms of Lament. We reference the Psalms a lot through our study uh, mm-hmm. in Lamentations. And these Psalms are really presented when our relationship with, with God is troubled. And, and that, I mean, these are, you're going to see David or whoever the psalmist is crying out, God, why, where are you? What are you doing? You get that kind of thing, like somebody's distant, God is distant from them, and they're feeling somewhat abandoned. Um, you get those feelings when you read the psalm. Yeah. And though every a lot of times every song of lament really begins at this like I'm troubled state, by the end of the psalm, a lot of times they're they're turned to a almost like a psalm of praise or a psalm of thanksgiving, which we're gonna we're gonna talk about psalms of thanksgiving later. So you 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 have this. I'm in, and remember, remember our study on lament. Like it should always lead you to trusting God and and mm-hmm. and leaning on Him and trusting Him. And that's what prayer and praise and thanksgiving and trusting is. That's you know that's the natural outflow of this song of lament. Um, another, I guess, kind of tied to a song of lament. They call them. You may have heard them called imprecatory psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. When you're in a time of trouble, a lot of times it's because somebody is attacking you or hurting you or you're being attacked. And so you when you hear about imprecatory psalms, they're all they can be tied to psalms of lament a lot of times because you'll hear David say things like or the psalmist say things like, you know, I want you to like destroy those people because they're awful and they're terrible. And and think about imprecatory psalms as when we talked about raising your complaint to God in our in our lament series you know you're ra- you're lifting that complaint and it's a good thing to lift that complaint to God mm-hmm. and yeah. so a lot of times and, and we didn't add and uh, I think a lot of people would add imprecatory psalms but I would kind of I guess join lament psalms and imprecatory psalms together because a lot of times they have that same focus of things are going bad I need you to smite people, God. You know, let's like, you know, I, every time I, I think about that, I think about the movie Bruce Almighty when he's like, smite me, almighty smiter. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's a great yeah, movie. It's, it is a great movie. I, I love that movie. Um, so yeah, there's songs of lament. And a lot of times songs mm-hmm. of lament should lead us to the next style, which is trust. Yep. Take us through trust. Yeah. So trust um, simply describes the author's uh, or Psalms of Trust describe the author's trust and faith in God, typically with a central image or theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Psalm twenty three is the is the best example of this. And uh, I think we should just read Psalm twenty three real quick because it's not Do very it. long anyway. Um, so um, <coughs> this is David wrote Psalm twenty three. Um, so here we go. The Lord is my shepherd; there is nothing I lack. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Yep. I love that psalm. Yep. That was the Holman Christian standard. It was a little different than um probably what you're more used to. But um mm-hmm. the you, you we see the the central image being God is God being David Shepherd mm-hmm. and God leading um God leading David beside quiet waters, mm-hmm. God letting him lie down in green pastures, God renewing his life, leading him along the right paths for his namesake. Mm-hmm. Um God's rod and staff comforting David. Yeah. And, and, and we see this imagery all throughout that psalm and, and in Psalms of Trust, where the writer is so is trusting God so deeply. So they're trusting God even in the hard times. Yeah. 
not just in the good, like when with, with the Psalms of praise that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier, but when you get into this, like, and I think this is cool. We're going to see how the Psalms kind of tie all together too. You have Psalms of praise mm-hmm. that lead to trust. You have songs of, or Psalms of lament that also lead to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then flowing out of your trust, we're going to see the Psalms of thanksgiving. Um, which is the next type of psalm. Yeah. So Psalms of Thanksgiving would probably be similar to, uh, very similar to Psalms of Praise. Uh, when you're reading them, you're going to think, oh, they're giving a lot of praise to God. Mm-hmm. Um, they celebrate, you know, what God is doing and, and who God is. Um, but when they do this, they share narratives of God's goodness. Um a lot of times they talk about honor, very specific things that he has done. Um, and they can, they could even include things like unanswered prayers or stories of deliverance and talking about kind of almost, almost like a modified history lesson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, a lot of times when I think about like Thanksgiving, what is Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving is remembering the things that you've go- walked through, come through. Um, the the events that have happened in your life you know even in in the united states we think of the actual holiday of thanksgiving what do we do we remember that time when you know the pilgrims came over and they sat down and they had a meal and 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 they did all these things and so it was it was a time that we remember what has happened that was good in our lives and and what god has done and so it is similar to songs of praise but in a lot of ways, it's more of a remembrance. And that's what Thanksgiving, I guess that's kind of what differentiates Thanksgiving from praise is praise is just saying, I'm I'm giving you adoration, glory, honor, whatever it is for who you are and what you've done. Whereas Thanksgiving is actually thinking back on those things that he's done mm-hmm. and and saying, man, that was such a good thing that you did. I'm so thankful for this thing that you did in my life. Yeah. I would, I think I would word it or I would say praise is more generic or broad mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving is more narrow and focused. Yes. That's a great way to say that. Yeah. So we've, we give thank, we have Thanksgiving. We give thanks, we give Thanksgiving. We have Thanksgiving. <laughs> we give words, Thanksgiving. Words are hard. Words are hard, man. Words um, is hard. Words is hard. Um, so th- we have Thanksgiving and then that it doesn't really tie to it, but those Thanksgiving things should lead us into mm-hmm. uh, wisdom. And, yeah. and these last two are, are kind of off to the side a little bit um, in what they are. But let's let's hit these last two. So the next one is wisdom. Take us through that one. So wisdom, you, we see these are going to be these are going to have similar feels to um, the Old Testament wisdom books like mm-hmm. Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. Um they can include instruction, uh, specific instruction, or more broad instruction yeah. um, on how to live life and exist in relationship with God. Um, I think it's important, and I think people get the wisdom literature way out of whack when mm-hmm. they read it or try to apply it. But they'll, I, I feel like people will read the wisdom literature of Scripture and say um like this is a commandment from god to follow yes when it's not it's it's not not, it's not (laughs) not at all like it's wise to do these things but it's not necessary to do these things um prime example of that is proverbs 20 wine is a mocker beer is a brawler and all of those who are led astray by them are deceived mm -hmm. and people will interpret that as you should not drink beer or wine. That is not what that verse says. Right. <laughs> not at all. You know what's interesting? I just had this thought too. Bear with me for a minute. Rabbit trail for just a second. All right, we're going to do it. We're going to rabbit trail. So we have talked at length for the better part of three years mm-hmm. that the best way to study scripture is is exegetically mm-hmm. looking at it um not isolating 
verse of a single verse or a, a section of verses without looking at who wrote it to who wrote it to whom, when they wrote it, why they were writing it, mm-hmm. what was going on around it. And then you get in, but then we look back at Old Testament scriptures, specifically mm-hmm. Proverbs and the wisdom Psalms and Ecclesiastes. A lot of those you're isolating one vert, like Proverbs. Mm-hmm. You're going to isolate one, like those. There's large sections of Proverbs where the vert, like the verses don't tie together. They're yeah. just kind of like, here's one, here's mm-hmm. another, here's another. It's just, but isolating is not the same as isogeting. Oh, I know. <laughs> but it's you not, know. but it's not exegetical either because there's not like a central theme. It's, there's but, not like a, well, I, I mean, I would argue that there is because, all right, so let's talk about, let's talk about Proverbs 22. Okay. One of my favorite verses to quote from Proverbs 22 is 22, six, train up a child on the way he goes and in his later days, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That verse is quoted in isolation all the time. Okay. But Proverbs 22 as a whole is giving you a lot of wisdom about how you can live your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a parent, training up my child in the way they should go is just one aspect of things that I do, you know, but I can take the rest of Proverbs 22 and apply it equally the same that I can just cha- just verse six. And so it's not some, and, and I guess the difference is, the way that the 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 proverbs and the and ecclesiastes song of solomon the wisdom literature what we would call the wisdom literature is written it's not written in narrative form where you have a block of you know uh, what's the best way to say this it's not you if you if you take one sentence out of a story you can completely misunderstand that one sentence mm-hmm. but if you take one sentence out of just a list of random sentences, you can't really take that sentence out of its context. It means what it means. The sentence means what it means. And so, so, so if Proverbs 22, six is anywhere else in Proverbs, the meaning doesn't change. Exactly. And it doesn't the, matter and, if it's Proverbs two, two or, you know, 31, one, it doesn't matter. Right. And so, I hear you. You know, uh, the I guess the thing that I can I can push back to or or say back to is a lot of people talk about um, oh what's the guy's name I can't even remember his name if if you wouldn't if I wouldn't have tried to think about it it would it would be there the pensees it's the sentences um, it's literally this guy who just like wrote down a ton of like one line sentences that aren't necessarily tied together but when you read them as a whole you see a lot of correlation between a bunch of different thoughts it's like the guy's having a bunch of different streams of thought all at one time mm-hmm. and and um it's that, like that's what i think about when i think about psalms it's like because a lot of i'm sorry proverbs a lot of proverbs is just like this stream of thought stuff from solomon and so that's why you get these one line these are just a, a litany of one-liners mm-hmm. and when you're talking about psalms of wisdom that's that's a that's really what you're talking about is is this these kind of one-liners now the thing about psalms that's going to be different when it comes to wisdom is this stream of one-liners is probably going to be predicated from or based in an event like we talked about an event that has happened that led the psalmist to write something down and so you know, this event may happen, and then psalmist may be like, "Man, I got to write down these these notes." Kind of, I think I, I guess I think of it like notes. These notes about what has happened, and so it's it's not that you're isolating one thing, but that you are saying this one sentence is true, and it's true in this larger historical context. Mm-hmm. Does that like does that make sense? A little bit. Okay. I hope it does. I see what you're saying. Like, I just, I, I, I was just pointing out like the irony of that. Yes. Like, we've told people not to isolate scripture or eisegete scripture over mm-hmm. and over and over again, but 
literally that's what you do sometimes in you isolate scripture sometimes when you get to Proverbs and yeah. wisdom literature. Yeah. I, I I just thought it was funny. It is it's a good all. one. That is a good so, point. Anyway, so there's wisdom, the wisdom uh, psalms, and uh, the last type of psalm here is royal. Why don't you take us through that? Yeah, so royal stuff is um, they they really present the king as a major focus. Um, uh, remember, a lot of these psalms, some of these psalms are going from all the way back to the line of David. So we're going all the way through the monarchy period. Um, the United Kingdom, the divided kingdom, all the way into the post-exilic period. Um, and so they could be directed at a heavenly king, they could be directed at God, um, you know, looking at calling God the, the king over all creation. But the I guess kind of the main point is that a lot of these psalms carry this kingly or royal kind of uh interpretation or understanding throughout all of them. A lot of times you will end up with messianic psalms being these royal or kingly psalms mm. because they're painting Jesus. Psalms two is is probably one of the better examples that I can think of off the top of my head. You're you're either using metaphor or analogy to paint the picture of what Jesus is going to be when he returns in glory and who he is. He is the Messiah. He's the reigning king. Um, and so you end up with with that type of understanding as you read through the psalm okay so that's our six types of psalms uh that that we're kind of going to focus on or or that we're really going to talk about now let's get to really the meat of our discussion which is going to be how do we read psalms what's some advice that we can give Mm. for reading psalms okay we've already kind of laid out this is 150 hymns songs they're written for israel the serves as a hymn book it's leaders it's nation but what are like what are these things so they're um i mean they're collections of of writings from a lot of a lot of different writers um mm-hmm. note most probably knows most notably sorry uh david yep um asaph um there's some others that are included in the book um and, and remember they're written by human men but most of them are addressed to God mm-hmm. and include the words of the people so they carry this like corporate setting almost where mm-hmm. it's not just like one man crying now some like some of them is just David crying out to God in in his um in his state of repentance or in his in his despair over his sin, but mm-hmm. there's other times when there's this corporate feel almost where you can tell that these are meant to be sung, that yeah. they were they were written with the intent to be sung corporately. Mm-hmm. Um and that points back to the importance of corporate worship and being a part of a corporate worship um I don't want to say experience because that makes it sound like trippy or whatever, <laughs> but, but, but it is like, it's very important to be plugged in at a local church and experiencing worship corporately with other believers. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, uh, that's a vital part of our experience as yeah. Christians. I, I can, I'll say this. I can appreciate what technology has allowed the church to do in the places it has been able to go because of technology. But at the same time, online is not corporate worship, Mm. period. If you go to an e-church or an e-campus or whatever, you're not attending corporate worship. And so, you know, that you're not fulfilling what is laid out through the Psalms where people gather, they sing praises to God, they worship God corporately as a body of people. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't do that online. I don't care what you want to say to me. You can't do that online. I understand there are times when being, you know, you have to visit on your traveling, whatever. You're sick. What you know? I understand, but that should not define how you attend church. Yeah, 
I'll leave it at that. But you're right. It, I mean, it is corporate. And and I mean, and to tie to tie it to a couple of things in the New Testament, Colossians 3.16 and Ephesians 5.16, singing yeah. psalms, hymns, and spirit. Paul is exhorting the church in those two letters. The church to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. And and the only way you can do that is to be together. Um, so they're, yeah, the uh, on the corporate aspect. But, yeah. you know, the other thing about it is the psalms are very theocentric. Um, and that's a that's a good seminary word to use, but it's it's really simple. It just means it's God centric. Yeah, the Greek word for God is theos, and so theocentric. It's it's centered on God, and even when you have David complaining about things, or the psalmist saying, you know, "Woe is me," or "Why don't you hear me, God?" or crying out in lament, whatever it is, the focus, the focal point of all of these the Psalms is God. Yeah. Um, put that into a context of the songs that we sing today. You know, are the songs that we're singing today at your church, are, are the songs that you're singing God centered or are they man centered? Are they singing things like you are holy, you are worthy God, your, you know, you're describing attributes of God or I'm so blessed I'm so grateful. I'm so this, you know, what, what are, what are you saying when you sing a lot of the songs that you sing in church, when you're in corporate worship, think about it, look at them, you know, because these kinds of things matter. Yeah. So, mm. but if they're theocentric, then they have to be focused on God. And so they have to be put into a certain time period or a certain yeah. time frame. Yeah. And yeah. that's what a lot of these Psalms do. Yeah. So the Psalms, a lot of them look back on the uh, time before the exile. Mm -hmm. And even the, even though that is true, they're looking back on events from the past. They're being sung post exile. Yeah. Um, specifically when you talk about second in the second temple. Mm -hmm. In Second Civil Judaism, um, and you know, we we look back, we we you know, we go back to Chronicles and Ezra and Nehemiah, and see that there's this focus there on musicians and the mm -hmm. temple, um, and this the focus is much more easy to understand now in light of um, getting the Psalter, getting this hymn book, yeah, and and you know. Remember, this is all kind of happening around-ish the same time. Like, it's all kind of woven all together. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not out of place. It's just not written all together. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And, you know, it's, again, like we said a couple of weeks ago and kind of leading up to this, we've kind of walked all the way through the time frame of Israel. And then we're going to kind of go back and, and kind of rehash this a couple of times when we talk about the wisdom literature, we're mm -hmm. rehashing it, we're going through the prophets we're rehashing it. And so the things we're talking about, we're talking about things that have already happened, you know, really that we've talked about on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. And so, but what, what this does is exactly what you just said. It gives you an understanding for why they wrote the Psalms. Yeah, they wrote the Psalms as an expression uh, through music of what they had come through, you know, and, and the reforms of Ezra and Nehemiah and, and this time frame that it's actually being written. Yeah. Um, some of the Psalms, not all of the Psalms. David wrote a lot of the Psalms and obviously he's way back there. Um, but as this Psalter, what we call the Psalter is being compiled and put together. That's when you see this whole thing come together as a cohesive hymn book like we've talked about uh tonight and mm -hmm. as a book it is compiled into really we have five different books and and these are again these are not chronological these are not there's really no rhyme or reason other than the order that they're put in and the way that we read them today mm -hmm. okay but we have five different individual books books one and two um are mostly about the Davidic time, the monarchy, you know, that early thousand moving forward into that, that, that time frame. Um, after Saul, 
but you have David as the king under Yahweh, under God, and and God's ultimate kingship. And then book two really specifically focuses on the role of Jerusalem as God's presence, you know, the place where God is to be worshipped. Um, and so we have that's that's books one and two of the five. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about book three and, and what it takes us through. So book three looks at um, the time of exile and the post-exile period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, we see the questions why and how long come up a lot in mm-hmm. this part of the Psalms. Um, and it, I mean, it's that's a recurring theme over and over throughout yeah. book three of of um of the five here and then we get into book four which is a contrast to book three because you see the themes of thanksgiving and praise of uh, yahweh's kingship and this i mean it shows the cycle of israel again like yeah. the repeated cycle of mm-hmm. um praise sin repent repent or praise <laughs> Praise God, sin against God, fall away from God, repent, yeah. praise God. Like the whole, you see, it, I mean, it's a another picture of it, which we've talked about for several weeks now. So that's book four is 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 more on the themes of Thanksgiving and praise, which we uh, dissected earlier. Yeah, and and the last thing that you have is is book five, and book five is kind of a little more like it's a hodgepodge. It's a little bit random. Um, but it, it does look forward to the time that, that God is, is preparing. Um, mm-hmm. he's continuing to provide for his people. And the last five Psalms, uh, of the book, uh, I think are kind of strategically placed because, uh, these, the last five Psalms are called the hallelujah Psalms. Yeah. And so what better way to end a hymn book, a, a, a book about praise to God than ending on five psalms that just do nothing but give praise and adoration to God for who he is and what he's done. And so um that that is a very very like 100,000 foot overview of psalms and we are going to dive a little bit closer and kind of walk through uh some of the psalms next week which is why we wanted to do this but I think that's a good place to to kind of just set it but before we go, let's just talk about a couple of quick theological points, okay? And and these are going to apply through the book of Psalms. Um, but specifically when we talk about things like lament Psalms, okay? These are written by individuals, and they are meant for corporate use. And, and you kind of talked, you kind of hit on a little bit when you're talking about these Psalms that are written by individuals, but they're written in a way that brings the corporate aspect of it into the discussion. Um, The individual writing this may not, or may be aware of being a part of a larger group of people. And that may be why they're writing it this way, but it's, it's, it's important to understand that just because an individual writes a lament Psalm doesn't mean that we're excluded from that lament. And there's a reason that that, lament ended up in scripture that specific psalm ended up in scripture yeah uh you know if we if we hold to uh second timothy 3 16 all scripture is god breathed and so it's there and it's there for teaching and rebuking and correcting and instructing and so when you read some of these psalms where you're kind of like well that doesn't apply to me well that doesn't apply to me don't read it as if it has to apply to you read it as if what can i learn from this because you might find yourself in a situation later on. Yeah. And it reminds me of Psalm 119, 105. I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What you're reading today may not be applicable for today, but it might be applicable for tomorrow. Yeah. So keep it there. Hide it in your heart. Even though it seems weird, even though the genealogies of first and second chronicles seem boring, Hide God's word in your heart because you never know when you're going to need that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if it's there, then then you're just like Jesus was when when he was being tempted by the devil. The devil says, "Oh, but the Bible's the you know scriptures say this," and Jesus is like, "Yeah, but 
they don't mean that. And here's what they actually say, you know? Right. Yeah. And yeah. so if you don't have the God's word hidden in your heart, that you're not prepared to give that, that answer or that reason. Right. Um, and so focus on that one, especially when it comes to lament Psalms, uh, mm-hmm. when we talk about those theologically, but the last thing is the theocentric nature of the Psalms should serve as a reminder that God is the creator of all things and therefore the Lord of all things. And this should remind us as the reader that God's character, especially his faithfulness, his goodness, and his righteousness are on display throughout the entire book of Psalms. And we need to look for that. We need to see that. Uh, we need to respond to that. And it is a great, um, it's a great way for us to see God working in our lives. Yeah. So there you go. There's there's a partial introduction to Psalms. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive into uh the Psalms again next week and mm-hmm. really start getting some of the meat off the bone here. That was a I like the way you put it, a hundred thousand foot <laughs> flyover of what's going on in the book of yeah. Psalms. We've and, been and doing thirty thousand foots. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a lot to cover. When we get to Jude, we can do like a 25 foot flyover <laughs> and be done in like six minutes <laughs> yeah no um no but that's that's uh that's the part one of the book of psalms <laughs> book of psalms um is it turn to psalm 23 or psalms 23 uh we have a psalm and you have the book of psalms okay so it'd be psalm 23 or psalm 1 but if you say we're going to read Psalms 146 through 150. If you say today. turn to the book of Psalms, we're going to be in the book of Psalms chapter whatever. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. I'm so. just, I, th- I feel like I've heard it both ways. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there you go. I don't know. Well, Michael, will you pray for us tonight? I certainly will. Let's do it. And God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for um, how you have uh, placed every single word on every single page in every single book of the Bible. And God, and we thank you for the book of Psalms and the discussion we were able to have tonight. Um, God, I pray that you have encouraged others to um, dive in and begin reading the book of Psalms. God, I know that... um, that I personally am am challenged to to get into the book of Psalms and start uh, reading those um, just so I can uh, know what's going on there, God. And I just pray that you uh, uh, challenge others to do the same. And we thank you that you have um, breathed every word, every uh, dotted I, every cross T, God, that every word in the Bible comes from you. And so we can take it and use it for instruction, for growth, for proof, for, um, for just becoming better husbands or wives or fathers, mothers, workers. Um, God, I pray that you just, um, just keep us, um, focused on being more like you each day. And, and the only way we can do that, God, is to get into your word. And so God, I just pray that, um, we do that, that we, we take the time each day to spend in your word and um, look forward to how you're going to grow and uh, challenge and continue to um, just be the source of everything we need, God. Uh, we love you. Thank you for just what you're doing here. And um, I always pray you continue to um, be honored and glorified in everything that we do. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If they want to reach us on oh. social media places. <laughs> I didn't hear you say amen. I didn't say amen. I was just pointing at you. Oh, gosh. I thought, okay. Was that my cue? Amen. There you go. An- Anthony, if... 
gosh. We've got to communicate more. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Anthony, if our listeners want to find the Beers and Bible podcast on social media, or if they want to reach out to us via email, how would they do that? They would find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. They would find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. They would find us on Facebook at by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. And then they can email all of your hate mail and at suggestions to beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. And that's where you can reach us on all of social media platforms. Because that's all we have. And that's all we're gonna get. We're not getting TikTok, sorry. We're not cool enough to get TikTok. Also, we don't post enough on social media to get TikTok, so take that for what it's worth. These are all facts. So, well, I hope your beer stays cold, but most importantly, I hope your Bible stays open this week. And we will see you later. Peace out.